Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Megan Gashin. How are you, Megan? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks so much for inviting me to be on the cast. I'm really excited to chat it up today. Yes, I am very excited to talk to you. I was just telling Megan, you know, this is a this is great audio to tell the 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 audio listeners who only see, only hear audio what an awesome backdrop you have and what a really spectacular design background you have. Um, but uh, that's what Megan and I were just chatting about, and um, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen her in a few years, so it's always good to catch up and say hello, and just really looking forward to hearing about what you. You're doing. Uh, Megan is currently a senior event producer for NRG Experiential. And so uh, our, our guest, of course, will be like, oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds right up our alley in the experience industry. Um, and we will get there. Uh, Megan has had a a really great career at a couple different um, event production and event companies. So we'll get to talk about that. Megan is also a 2015 graduate of our program. I should put that in there. There you go. Um, let's go back first, Megan, and, and tell uh, uh, the listeners, uh, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Granite Bay, California. It's like a suburb mm. outside of Sacramento. Uh, so Northern California. I'm a NorCal nice. girl. <laughs> nice, NorCal. Yeah, and you're in SoCal now, so you've yeah. made the switch, huh? I have. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Well, I um I we've I we I off the top of my head, I'm not going to be able to come up with it, but we've definitely had I've definitely had a guest from Granite Bay before. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um a lot of people from my high school went to Cal Poly, uh, either my year, the years after. Um, so it's it's usually a big group of Granite Bay graduates moving down to slow for school. Nice, I love it. Yeah, I thought so. I knew that sounded familiar. That that sounds awesome. Tell me, tell me what what's Granite Bay like? What what kind of community is it? Now, obviously, suburb of Sacramento, but when you yeah. say Granite Bay, we like picture this like lush landscape. What's it like? So um, I would say it's a pretty still kind of small town. Um, it's in between Roseville and Rockland, or ah. Roseville, Rockland and Folsom. Um, and when we first moved there, when I was like four, it was still really being developed. So it was a lot yeah. of like farmland. Oh, wow. So yeah. It built up quite a lot. I haven't been back in a few years. My parents moved away oh. when I moved down to LA to be closer to like my brother and yeah. me, but um, I'd say it's a close, small town yeah. and <laughs> just yeah. a lot of, a lot of like fun activities. Uh, there's a, there's a lake, mm -hmm. but it's, I was definitely glad to leave. Um, okay. <laughs> I did think that I had a lot of, uh, opportunities for growth in like my career. So that was like a main reason why I ended up not going back after college. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you brought up your parents. What, uh, when you were growing up there in Granite Bay, what were your, what were your folks doing? Um, so my mom was a retired nurse. Uh, she transitioned into being a stay-at-home mom after I was born. Having three kids is a lot to manage. Yeah. Um, so she had the mom job, and my dad. We have, was, we have that in common. My mom was an X-ray technician before she had before she had me, and then she transitioned the same way. Yeah, exactly. Night healthcare industry. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt. What about that? Oh, what about that? You're good. My dad was a the CEO of a radiology company in Sacramento. Oh, wow. Also okay. healthcare. I was going to say, yeah, and radiology, that relates to like what I just said, right? X-ray technology. Yeah, uh, that's cool. <laughs> exactly. Very cool. We've got we've got a little bit a little bit of a crossover there. What about siblings? You mentioned uh, you mentioned a brother. Um, yes. Is that um, the only so, sibling? Yeah, I have an older sister. She's seven years older than me. Um, she currently lives in San Rafael with her husband and son. Awesome. And then I have a brother who's only 14 months older than me. We, I know, poor Sheila. That's my mom's yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to mom. Shout yeah. out to Sheila. <laughs> um, he actually also went to Cal Poly and he lives in Los Osos. Um, he is a pastor and he lives with his wife and four daughters. Oh, no way. That is so wild. Um, very cool. So you get to come back to the area and visit and, um, oh, that's really awesome. I come back all the time. I bet. I bet. We, and we love Los Osos. Dr. Dr. Rue, who, when you were here, she wasn't going by Dr. Rue, but, um, she got, she got tired of the she she Greenwood and he Greenwood stuff. So she changed her name to Dr. Rue. That's what everyone calls her. But Dr. Rue and I, when we first moved, we lived in Los Osos first year and a half. So Los Osos has a special place in our heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so nice over there. Yeah. And Dr. You know, Dr. Hendricks has lived there for many years. He but he lives in the Baywood, uh, Baywood area. So um, um, yeah. But um, am I am I I'm not messing that up. Los Osos Baywood. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Did I get that wrong? <laughs> so uh, tell us, uh, tell us what young Megan was into uh, growing up in, in Granite Bay. What was your, what was your jam? Yeah. So my parents thought it was really important to put us in as many sports and activities as they possibly could sort of for us to decide what we yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. And <clears throat> I ended up um, focusing my efforts in dance. So I uh, was a competitive dancer uh, all the way till I graduated high school. And then I continued dancing in college as well at Cal Poly. Nice. Um, I almost got my dance minor, but I didn't. You did. Yeah, we've had a number. We've had a number of dancers over the years. That's awesome. There's there's a production element, right? You 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 get into the production element as a dancer. So I think there's a natural kind of gravitation that's really cool so i want to give you that glory days moment where you get to share like your proudest accomplishment uh before you came to cal poly so do you have something that jumps to mind yeah i think two kind of jumped to mind when it comes to especially dance because that was like my main focus i must uh, say yeah. i wasn't the best student um yeah. okay i was mostly uh, like focusing on dance. I even danced a lot during high school, like a lot of classes and then taught it too. Yeah. Yeah. But my first job ever was a radio Disney dancer. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's so when awesome. I was 15, yeah, it was cool. So radio stations like go and do promotional work at different, um, huh? you know, pop-ups or if they have like a movie coming out or what it may be. Um, so whenever the radio station would go, we would go along with them to like, you know, entertain the crowd and get them pumped up. Yeah. Um, I got to learn the high school musical dance and I performed that a few times. <laughs> I bet. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And then I would say my other one, um, 
my senior year of high school, I actually got offered to be an LA Lakers dancer when I was at a dance competition. Uh, mm-hmm. With like a scout was there and like offered me a letter, and I I hadn't decided if I wanted to become a professional dancer yet. And um, but it was a really cool opportunity just to kind of be given to me. I would of say, of course. Yeah. So you turned them down, but it was I good. Turned them down. It was good to get it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love that. You be like, hang that letter up. You're like, <laughs> this is what I could have been doing, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's really cool. Well, talk about. I mean, you you mentioned the pipeline, um, the the Granite Bay Cal Poly pipeline, and you had a brother that uh, that was already here, and I love hearing that. I can't tell you. Um, and those who listen to a lot of the podcasts, they know because I mean, it's so many siblings or parents or aunts and uncles. There's just always seems like there's always a connection to Cal Poly somehow. But tell us your story. Everyone has their own unique story. So did you come visit your brother and fall in love or did you what, what was it? kicking and screaming? What was it? Well, I would say I decided I wanted to go there before I even had gone to visit my brother. Um, We're extremely close in age, but growing up, we weren't very close. I think I, we had a a similar friend group and I tend to embarrass him a lot, pretty much on purpose, being like the younger, annoying sister. (laughs) Uh Um, But now he's a a pastor, so he can take it, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think I set him up for success for having so many. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. You set him up. Exactly. You were just testing him. Yeah. Yeah. Love love it. So after he, or I guess my sophomore, junior year, so his junior, senior year, um, our friend group like really combined and we started spending a lot of time together and I got really close with him. So when he moved, I was like, I got to follow him. What else am I going to (laughs) do? I want to be, I want to be close to family. Yeah. You miss big brother. That is so cool. I I love hearing that, you know, Dr. Rue and I have, um, our, our kids are two years apart. Exactly. And, um, and so, you know, they fight, they fight a ton and, I'm I'm always like, what are they going to end up like? I hope they end up as friends. That's what I want, you know, because yeah. you always want that. So I I love whenever I hear, when I, whenever I hear I'm super close with my brother or sister or whatever, it always means a ton to me. But, um, so tell us, um, tell us now about, uh, finding the major, right? Like, um, what was that process like? Did you did you come in w- under the major or how did you find out about us? Well, um, I think this is kind of a funny story because growing up, everyone thought I was just going to be a professional dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And in my mind, I was like, that's not really an option. Like, right. I think it's a great career. But for me, it wasn't um, due to the fact that I wanted to know that I had stability right. and uh being a professional dancer, it's a lot of, you know, rejection and mm. having to do auditions and, you know, what if I hurt myself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So um, when I was looking at colleges and looking at uh, declaring a major, because I'm not sure if it's the same way at Cal Poly still, but when you when you did your application, you had to do, you had to declare a major. Yeah. And I was Definitely. like, you have no idea what I want to do. Right. And my dad was like, you're really good at like hosting events and like people over at our house. Like, why don't you do like event planning? 
I love it that your dad even knew that you could do that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it just kind of like, I'm that. like thinking it makes me think like what percentage of dads know that you can do that in college? Like you've got an awesome dad. That's cool. <laughs> well, especially because he, you know, he one of his other kid, my my brother already was going there. So when we were like looking through things, he's like, I didn't know this was that. <laughs> oh, he found it out then. OK, yeah. got you. very cool. Well, and it's funny because, you know, it was in the RPTA department. So. Yep. When I was originally telling people I was that, everyone's like, oh, so you're going to be a park ranger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we switched to experience industry management. Yeah. So now they now they go, what, what, what is that? And then we can just tell them. It's like yeah. better to start, you know, it's better to start on the uh, on the the even playing field right? <laughs> rather than reeling people in from the park ranger. Yes. And I always say not that there's anything wrong with the Anna Park Ranger, right? <laughs> Just not for me. You're right, right, right. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your time at Cal Poly, Megan. Um, everyone has their own unique experiences and and how it goes in college and whatnot. So can you tell us uh, a fun PG story um, from your time in um, at Cal Poly uh, that that you know you'll never forget, like one of those moments? Oh. Definitely. And this is going to be me uh, being a proud sister moment. Yeah. So my brother actually played on the Cal Poly soccer team. Um, He was there uh, 2009 to 2013. Uh And I can't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year, Mm -hmm. but we hadn't beat the Gauchos in... I want to say it was like eight or 10 years. It was like a really, really long time. Oh, no way. Yeah. So Chris, my brother, actually scored the golden goal against the Gauchos, which led to us winning the game for the first. It like broke the streak of however many years. Way. And was it at Cal Poly too? It was at Cal Poly. Yeah. Oh, my God. And everybody just went berserk. Yeah. Yeah. It's his like low key claim to fame. Yes. Well, that's not low key. That's pretty high key. I like it. <laughs> and it was really exciting. They're going nuts. I bet, huh? That's really, that is really awesome. Uh, very, very cool. Um, and, and don't worry. Don't worry about, was that Maple? Was that your dog's name? Maple? Yeah. No, Maple's fine. We can, whatever, any barking is perfectly cool. So tell Maple she's fine. <laughs> I've got the audio editing software, so it'll knock it right out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, that is, that is that had to be like an amazing moment. Like those sports moments like that are just, are just something else. And now that you say that, I, I seem to, I, I, I kind of like think back to that year and I, I kind of, I kind of vaguely remember that. So that's really awesome. What about, um, you know, obviously we here at Cal Poly pride ourselves on learn by doing, and yeah. we encourage students to get involved in that sort of thing. Um, from a professional development standpoint, while you were here at Cal Poly, is there anything that stands out where you think to yourself like, oh, wow, this really helped to set me up for my career? Um, I would say the classes where we're obviously learned by doing physically, like actually doing the pre-production for the event, setting it up, the teardown, all the info- post-event information, uh-huh. that is what I think really got me interested um growing up it was like not the easiest for me to like really pay attention to some things right right Definitely doing things really i think like sparked my interest and uh, developed like 
like, yeah, I guess my interest and the reason why I wanted to continue to do it. Yeah. And you were, you were involved in stuff while you were here, like, um, uh, collective efforts events. Like, tell us, uh, what was that? You did that for your entire, entire college career, right? So you were gaining experience while you were in school. So that must've been pretty meaningful. Tell us about that and how you got that gig. Yeah, it definitely was. So I don't know if everyone has like these moments, but you know, being like a freshman in college, I'm like, I knew I was doing event planning, but there's so many different options, B2B, consumer facing conferences, like whatever it may be. And I was like, none of that sounds like really on par for who I am. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to a concert down in San Diego and um, just standing all the way in the back in the auditorium and being like, wow, this is like unbelievable. And this is the reason why I want to get into this. Like I decided that I wanted to do music and like entertainment. So I found out about collective efforts and I knew that they had some openings. So I reached out and I started working for them. I did just mainly like a lot of like ticket sales and um, some promotional work with them. And it wasn't like a huge um, undertaking, but it was definitely a great experience to have. Um, Enough enough to get your feet wet and realize I thrive in this type of environment. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's really cool. So tell us about your internship, you know, um, Every every one of our current students, right? Like that's something on the horizon that they're thinking about, right? And um, and so they love to hear the story about how you got your internship, what you did, that sort of thing. Was it a springboard and all of those sorts of things? So so tell us about your internship and and um and, we'll, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So my internship was at Hop on Beer Tours. They are a local company. to San Luis Obispo. Um, It's funny how I actually got the internship. (laughs) I knew I needed an internship, right? I was like, I have to have one to graduate. And like, um, you were three beers deep. I was was actually on the tour. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the tour. You're you're really peddling very fast. Like, uh, I love it. (laughs) I was on the tour. Um, with a friend and I was like, this is so much fun. I know it's a really small company. The person that was driving the van, um, the bus at the time was the owner and he would sometimes drive sometimes see other people. And we got to chatting a lot. And, um, since it was a small company, he was looking to expand like the marketing portion of it. And I was like, I need an internship. Do you want an intern? (laughs) Yes. So that's <laughs> yeah. how it came came out, and I had it. a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of learning as well. I wouldn't necessarily say it's it was a springboard into my next step in my career, but it was a really cool experience that I am able to talk about and I'm proud of um, because it was definitely off the cusp from other internship jobs that you see coming through on LinkedIn. Indeed, it was very like. Uh, niche and I thought it would be really fun. So I, I I got it done. I love it. I love it. And I was mistaking, I was mistaking it for the bicycle tours. I was thinking it was like uh the the one that where you it's you the, the, the one where you pedal the you pedal the bar. 
Yeah. We had that for a while. I think they shut that down here in San Luis Obispo, but oh. we had that for a while. Um, and, uh, and that's what I was thinking, but that's really awesome. And, and I love those, those small companies like that, you get to wear many hats and I'm sure you got experience that you might not get at, at one of the bigger companies. But speaking of, um, you went to one of those bigger companies um, in um, Jack Morton Worldwide after that and and spent um, almost four years there and, and then um, had a little bit of a hiatus and then back to, to Jack Morton. But um, so tell us about, um, first of all, t- tell everybody what Jack Morton Worldwide does um, and then um, how you got that gig with, with, um, you know, such a big company and, um, and then we'll go from there. Um, so Jack Morton is an experiential marketing agency that is massive. It's huge. It's worldwide. It's globally, like it's all over the place. Um, and as you said, (laughs) cause it's so big, how would I, how can you get the gig? Um, my, funnily enough, my brother-in-law's sister was an event producer there. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I saw that they were um, hiring for a coordinator role. So entry level, starting from the bottom. And I reached out to her and asked if she'd be willing to pass along my resume. Not that it had a lot on it, but, you know, I use your network, use your connections. And she passed along my resume to the hiring manager. I had um, a few interviews and then... I got the job. So I moved to San Francisco, <laughs> lived with my sister and her husband for a while yeah, yeah. while I was finding a place. And yeah, it was, I mean, great experience there. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And, um, and for those of, uh, you know, for, for our listeners, um, obviously we have a, a, a relationship with George P. Johnson, um, but Jack Morton and George P. Johnson are competitors and they're basically pretty much the same type of company, right? Experiential marketing company. And so um, you, I imagine you really got your feet wet. So vendor management was what your, what, what your main focus was. Tell everybody what vendor management, what you do in vendor management and, um, and a takeaway from those years. What what was one of the key takeaways from those years? Yeah. So I think as a coordinator, like starting as a coordinator, um, you have a lot of different admin tasks that you're doing uh, to assist your producer. And one of them mainly is to do like vendor outreach, vendor management um, to help execute the needs and asks of the client. So one big portion of it is doing outreach mm-hmm. uh, to different vendors to uh, get quotes for whatever you're asking for. May it be furniture or AV, and then getting those quotes and being able to uh, provide the details to your producer to make sure it's within budget and these vendors are a good choice. Um, some companies do have preferred vendors and others don't. So if they do have preferred vendors, you want to try to go with them first to make sure you have like the correct contact, et cetera, et cetera. If not, then you have to do a lot of research as to what this vendor can be providing, if it's the if they're a proper fit, um, if it's yeah within budget, all of those different elements. Um, so it's a lot of researching and just communication and making sure you're on budget. That's cool. So so tell us from those years, you know, so uh, you know, four 
almost four years. What what's one of the premier events that you that you got to work on, or or what event it was the the mo the most exciting one that you got to work on? Man, I got to work on a lot of really cool events. I worked with like Google Meta. I almost said Facebook Meta. It was Facebook back then. Um, eBay, Samsung, VM. I would say the coolest event that I ever got to work on <laughs> was Google Zeitgeist, which is a smaller uh, conference. And that was exclusive, right? Yeah. But exclusive, yeah. Very exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you anything about it, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because um, when we were there, I I was um, the associate producer on that one, and I was working with the uh, the producer who was managing all the content, and they needed another person to work in the talent room to be a talent wrangler. Mm. So <laughs> I got to hang out with some pretty pretty cool people, and I accidentally shoulder checked. Megan Rapino at one point because I was oh, walking to see her and I shoulder checked her and I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's uh, high contact, high contact uh, sports there. huh? Yeah, I'm uh, sure she was used to it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I would imagine the coordinator role. So, you know, you ended you ended up, you know, as an associate producer, but I would imagine this coordinator roles prepare you for getting to step up as a producer and what you're doing now is that is that is that the case is it almost like an apprenticeship in a in a certain way i would say yes um as a coordinator you're the producer's right hand and you're you work really closely with them once they think that you have a little bit more of a knowledge they ask, they'll sometimes like task you with um managing a portion of the budget or give you other areas to own and uh, they are like your mentor, so you can go to them for um, advice or whatever you need to continue to grow in your area. Um, I would say that I, yeah, I definitely learned a lot. I had some good mentors at Jack. I also had, and I'm sure everyone is going to say this, I I made it, or maybe not say this part, but I made it a point when I started to tell my direct manager that I would love to be able to work with as many producers as I can. Um, I didn't really... I thought it would be more beneficial to see all the different working styles and processes that they do. So then I could start picking, start to pick and choose what I liked out of their styles to create and develop my own. I thought that if I worked with just one specific person, I was going to be siloed into learning only the way that they do things. Okay. And uh, being able to work uh, with many, many different producers, I definitely have developed my working style in a way that really works for me and my communication style and also my management style. Right, 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 right. Well, um, I, I didn't warn you about this next part. So I hope that we can cut it out if you don't want to talk about it, but being in the event world, you know, um, obviously a small thing called the global pandemic hit in, in March of 2020. And, were you you had just moved jobs and uh, um so i imagine there's a story there and um and uh if you don't want to talk about it feel we can we can cut it out like i said but i think it's um you know it's uh i think it's important for our our, our budding um event planning um students you know to hear um and hopefully the, that's behind us, right? And that the, the event the events world won't get shook like that again, right? Um, 
that's that's what we hope but um but tell us um if you don't mind what that was like and and um and how you you weathered that that really tough period yeah uh so at the beginning of 2020 i accepted a new position at the visionary group as an associate producer they were an agency uh local down in la um and i was really excited cuz they focused mainly on the entertainment industry which is ideally what I wanted to get into. Uh, I took a job there. And (laughs) funnily enough, I left working Jack, who Google was my main client, to working at this new company where Google was now my main client again. (laughs) Ah, Okay, got you. (laughs) Um, And then unfortunately, the pandemic happened. They furloughed pretty much everyone um, from the office, except for like a few, not knowing what was to come. And then eventually they like laid us all off. Um, so I didn't work for a little bit. I decided to get a dog instead because I was home. And (laughs) that's Mabel. And, uh, then when I went stir crazy and I was extremely bored, I decided to reach back out to my old Jack contacts, uh, to see if, cause the world kind of started to move into virtual events at that point. So Things were starting to progress and I saw that as an opportunity. Oh, maybe they do need some additional support. So I ended up working for the Jack Morton Chicago office um, doing virtual events for like pharmaceutical companies or um, I think we also did one for McDonald's. So learned a lot about virtual events, which some people still like to do. Um, they like maybe like a hybrid version of it for those that can't actually make it. Yeah. I do think that it uh, taught me a lot about uh, virtual software platforms. There are so many of them out there. And um, now whenever I do, for example, in my current role, we're doing a music and business program and some students are local that can actually go into the um, into the classroom. And then there's others that are out of the country. Mm-hmm. So we do the speaker sessions virtually. Nice. So no, having the knowledge of these different platforms, I was able to like give them my input on what I think might be a good option for that. Of course. So although the pandemic was a very upsetting time, um, I think that I I did learn a lot about the events world in it during I it. Bet. Yeah, I bet. I love that, and I love the uh, how so many you know were uh, pivoted and and uh, we, we you know we even leaned into that word pivot. I think, uh, I don't think pivot had been used that, that often. And I mean, talk about a boom, like that word pivot got a boom during the pandemic, didn't it? (laughs) The only other time I could say it was used that many times was in the friends episode where Ross is yelling pivot. Oh, (laughs) when they're carrying the couch. pivot. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's so funny that you say that because I saw a clip from that like just a couple of days ago. And uh, I remember that. That's so great. Uh, So let's talk now about NRG. So it sounds like you um, it sounds like you're you're doing something that's right up your alley um, as a senior event producer. So tell us what your day to day is like. Tell us about NRG and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So NRG is an experiential marketing agency based in Los Angeles, Um, you know, do anything from brand activations, tours, event launches, a lot of video game launches. And um, I don't know, do you know, 
2K games. Okay, yeah, I've heard 2K games, uh-huh. Um, we've done a lot of their NBA 2K launches for the last like few years. And then we also um, manage, project manage 2K foundations. Uh-huh. So right now we're... Um, <clears throat> We are. We have some events coming down the pipeline, but because our SOWs haven't been signed yet, we're not right. moving along with them. Right. So um, I help project manage a lot of the and uh, 2K Foundations work. So we, it's an initiative to not just write a check, but help make a difference in a community. So we mm-hmm. just did a uh, court renovation in Camden, New Jersey, yeah. uh, and. Uh, DK DJ sorry DJ Wagner was the athlete that was associated with it so he chose Camden because that's where he's from he chose a court that he grew up playing on so we renovated it and uh, now it's a a new basketball court part of the community we also just did one in um, India and we are we are currently in the midst of doing a music and business um, online program where um music like it's the production of music Uh and uh, students come to learn about the music licensing business and how you can turn creating music into a career yeah um so that's the first time we're doing that and we've also built uh like stem and steam classrooms for um under deserved underserved areas throughout the the world and um we do we have like about 10 initiatives each year so just always sub- something coming up and, you know, wanting to be the catalyst to help make a change and uh, it be a continuation of uh, the building of the community. I love it. I love it. So not only are you getting to do things that you love doing, but you're also making a difference. So that's got to be, that's got to be, make it even, even better. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> 100%, huh? So it's good soul. The good for the soul, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, so let's talk about um, let, let's get into the the challenges and opportunities segment. So, um, we'll start with challenges. So, in experiential marketing and events, you know, we 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 have bounced back pretty significantly over the last few years. And so, I wonder now, though, what do you see as the new challenges ahead in in this area? Um, I would say client budgets. Mm. A lot of uh, companies have shifted in some way so that their marketing budgets are don't seem as big or they're just not allocating enough for the experiential portion of it. Mm. And we get a lot of um, RFPs that are their ask is way higher than what their budget would allow. Mm. Uh, so it's a lot of managing expectations on like, if you want us to execute this, here's what the actual budget would be. Right. Uh, here's what we can do within your budget. And it's just, it's helping to manage those expectations so that they, they just don't assume that they can, we can be able to accommodate their, their caviar style ask. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Caviar style ask on a sardine budget, huh? Yeah. I like I like that. Um, so, what about what about opportunities? What do you see as uh, some huge opportunities ahead of us? Um, I would say one like big opportunity or trend that's happening lately is um, LED flooring, interactive LED flooring. Ah, it's a uh, like 
companies are asking for it left and right. Huh? Um, it's very high in price. I was going to say that can't be that can't be cheap. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, you can kind of map it out however you want, but the company that focuses it's like their thing they've developed it is based in Germany. So apparently, in the next few years, they're going to bring it over to the United States. So cost wise, it would be a little bit more effective, mm, right. but uh, that is really big. Everyone wants to do super interactive, uh, something interactive and having like an LED floor where you could make it that interactive is, is right. definitely people's interest. Right. So, you know, you mentioned project management and, um, you know, it's one of the things that we're we're kind of leaning into and, and recognizing that project management is kind of a huge element of what a lot of our graduates end up end up doing right in one way shape or another and um and and you know experience design and the co-creation of experiences that all kind of goes hand hand in hand but when you when you think about it and you think about the skills that you bring to the table with project management what uh what would you say for for a current student or young professional looking to build their skills what what skills do you think are are important along those lines Know how to use Excel. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's an uh, important one. Dr. Schwab will appreciate that. Right? Yeah. All right. Did you take Excel, the the Excel class? I use the quotation marks with Dr. Yes. Schwab. You did? Yeah. I did take it. And um, during my time at Jack, I you work in Excel more than you think. Yeah. Um, and I made it a point of learning a lot more about it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to yeah. uh, give that knowledge to people that I'm like helping teach how to use softwares, um, knowing all the shortcuts, huge, being able to format things properly, huge, yeah. making things look aesthetically pleasing is always a big plus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Were you, um, did, did the class um, with Dr. Schwab, did that like um, limit? the amount of anxiety that you had when you got out into the career world and, and started using it more, do you feel like? I would say yes, because although I hadn't practiced it in a while, I know that I knew at that moment, I was like, I've seen this. I, I studied it. Let me just like refresh my memory. And then I was able to pick it up a lot quicker than having to start from the bottom. Right. Um, I had like a, solid foundation at least. Right. Uh, so I would say most definitely because yeah. I could see how that would cause a lot of anxiety, but I love working in Excel <laughs> oh my because goodness. I'm so comfortable with it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am fine with it now, but I, I was a psychology major. And so <laughs> when I got my first job and my supervisor, my supervisor was like, okay, yeah, so we got to go over your budget. And I had seriously never opened an Excel file. I had never even like clicked on it. So I was petrified of it. So I put him off for like a month until he <laughs> finally was like, we got to do it. And luckily in that month, I got close enough with him that I was like, all right, I'm going to come clean with you. I was like, I have no idea what a budget is. I don't know how to use Excel. I'm, I'm just, I have, I'm so scared. <laughs> and he sat me down and was like, here it is. It's not a big deal. You got this. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Most definitely. That's uh, hilarious. That's, yeah. I feel like 
I am sort of like that with my um, my team. I'm like, this is how you use it. And yeah. also just like the G drive in general, because yeah. Google, I worked with Google so much, like I had yeah. to learn the G drive in and out. Yeah. So now I'm able to pass along that knowledge. And they're like, I didn't know you could do this. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> of course you can. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I use uh yeah, I use that a lot. I use um the G drive a lot myself. So that's cool. So let's um let let's um reflect a little bit on like advice you would give for um you know those who are really interested in experiential marketing and interested in event production, project management, that sort of thing. Um, what advice would you give to those, um, you know, young professionals out there who are considering this area? Network. network. Definitely use your network um, via LinkedIn or going to job fairs. And just because you like start in one industry, like I started in conferences, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that has to be your end all be all like your the skill set that you're developing which will be like your foundation is easily transferable. Like when I moved over to doing um, more like entertainment-based clients, all that knowledge was easily transferable. So it's never too late to switch over (laughs) into a different industry. Definitely. And, you know, I, I tell, I try to tell our, our, our student, our current students, prospective students, and even, you know, young professionals, I'm like, the idea, what we're trying to do is give you those transferable skills anyway, right? Like that's the basis of our major. Yeah. And so what you said too, is to recognize that it, it, it translates, it translates once you get out and, and the same thing applies in terms of, of switching areas and whatnot. Now, if you could go back in time, um, Megan to, to junior year, Megan, what, what advice would you give junior year, Megan? Oh, man, I think I would tell myself, you need to start networking more. <laughs> okay, right. Network, network. Ne- it's so important to have like a good network to be able yeah. to reach out to and lean on to help, um, you know, connect you with other people. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is, again, huge. It's a great way to stay connected. And um, yeah, I think I, I wish that I had networked more and gone to job fairs within the industry that um, I really wanted to be in because I could have I could have launched my career already in the entertainment industry, but I saw an opportunity um, elsewhere and I took it. Um, right. But I sometimes I do think that if I had started there, I'd be in a different place. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So um, I, I love that. And you know, I um we we try we try to encourage that networking and um and and now that the now that we're post pandemic, you know, we're getting back to going to conferences and professional development with students and, you know, enhancing the career fair elements and all of that. So that's, um, that's some great advice. Well, I can't, um, I can't thank you enough, Megan, for taking the time. Um, thanks so much for, for, for also, uh, you know, being, a being a voice out there and, and, and helping, uh, to pay it forward. And, um, I just, uh, really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. It's great to, you know, discuss what's going on in our industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, great to see you. I love catching up and, um, yeah, um, don't, don't forget about us here in, uh, in little old slow. And when you come and visit in Los Osos, uh, give us a buzz. Okay. I will. I will. All right. All right. Great to see you. You too. Bye.